Good evening, Sportsonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aguilar-Laurel. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. And, of course, we will be rebroadcast after this for all of our podcasting affiliates, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. And now we are on Apple Podcasts. That's right. We have hit the iTunes, if it is still called iTunes now, because I heard something that they don't, they don't consider it iTunes anymore. So... Definitely welcome to everybody listening to Apple Podcasts. Of course, the show will directly be broadcast on Blackjack TV, Care of Zingo TV on Wednesday, I believe. So thank you, everybody, for listening to us. And we got a good show for you tonight. Be joined by Dave Hastings and Eric Tresser in a matter of minutes here. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about tonight because we have the tip-off of the NBA basketball season tonight. You have two games on the schedule, you have the Pelicans, who are playing without Zion Williamson, taking on the Toronto Raptors, the defending champion Toronto Raptors in Toronto. And then later on tonight, you have the battle for L.A. with the Lakers taking on the Clippers, who, of course, are playing without Paul George. So that should be an interesting matchup. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, we said when NBA free agency was going on, this figures to be a very intriguing season just because for the first time in years, you don't have a clear favorite. Klay uh, Thompson out for the season. Kevin Durant also out for the season, but also with Brooklyn. So the Warriors are no longer the favorites, even though I don't completely think uh, that they're going to miss the playoffs or anything like that. They're just going to have to fight. And then you have a number of teams with the dynamic duos and everything. Uh, so you have that. What will Boston be like this season? <clears throat> what will the Philadelphia 76ers be like this season? Uh, you have Milwaukee still a threat in the East, as always, with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo leading the charge there. And then, ooh, let's let everybody in here. So we'll get into all that. we got some football to talk about. And, of course, we have uh, the World Series Game 1 happening tonight. So... We'll get into all that, but before we do, let's welcome Dave Hastings to the program. Dave, how you doing? Oh, this is Eric, Eric Tressler. I'm sorry, Eric. Eric, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Driving in the rain, but here, ready to get sweaty. Yeah, that's good. I'm a little disoriented right now. I almost let Cousin David on and put you on mute, and then I thought you were David. This is a great start to this show. All right. Well, I tell you what, seeing as how you're here first, we got the World Series going on right now. Um... I was surprised that the Yankees didn't wind up losing in six games. Uh, the manner that they did, uh, unfortunately, as it happened, was pretty epic with them tying game six in the ninth inning off the LeMayhew home run and then Altuve coming back and hitting a home run off of Chapman. What were your thoughts to the end of the Yankee season that way? Dramatic, sad, um... You know, it's always a gut-wrenching way to lose. You come back, you tie it in the top of the ninth, you lose it in the bottom of the ninth. It's just it's a hard pill to swallow. You got your best reliever on the mound, and you, you, you're you thinking you should win that, that, that spot. So it's uh, 
it's not the greatest look, I'll say that. And like it is, you know, I agree with what Aaron Judge said. He it was it was a disappointment of a year. Even though they had 103 wins, even though they went to the ALCS, this team right now, as currently constructed, is championship or bust. And that's the way I look at it. And I'm going to tell you that I'm, uh, you know, looking back on this season 10 years from now, I'm going to be like, oh, well, that was a team that didn't live up to potential, you know. So hope that they retool a little bit, realize that maybe they do need so, some starters that can give them some length. They can finally let go of PC. <laughs> um, I think it might be easier to let go of half two now and see what you could do in the free agent market. Um Especially if they, if you know now that you don't have to you got out of the end of you know half pitch straight in September I will say that like the month of September he had like a one six ERA mm-hmm. and, and pitched phenomenally through the month but that one month I, I don't know probably gonna bring him back next year but who knows what we will get out of him but I do think the Yankees need to address the starting issue bullpen's probably all right but you know it, they they need to get some length and. Uh, well, we'll see what happens, but, you know, I don't see Garrett Cole coming to the Yankees. Why wouldn't he just re-sign with the Astros? I don't see, like... They may not want to pay him is the thing. That's the rumors I've heard. That It doesn't seem like they were all that um, uh, upfront to pay him. No, the they're thing. pitching the hell out of him right now. So, I mean, he's putting all these extra innings on his body other pitchers aren't putting on. Um, you know, more stress on the arm, more, more of all that nonsense. So I, I don't know what's going to happen in the off season, but I do think it's something the Yankees are going to have to address. Yeah, uh, and we're going to welcome Dave Hastings to the show. Dave, how you doing there? I'm good, man. I just got to say, like, as somebody that obviously is not the biggest baseball guy, that game six was amazing. I watched almost the entire thing. I thought that was a great game. I mean, I was literally on the edge of my seat when the Yankees tied the game at the top of the ninth. Like, no freaking way. They're going to force a game seven. Anything can happen in game seven. And then, you know, I, like, I, I know who Altuve is. So he steps up. I, I mean, when he stepped up to the plate and with the runner on, I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And like, I genuinely enjoyed game six. I thought it was a, a wonderful experience for somebody that's not the biggest baseball fan. I mean, Eric. I'll be honest with you. I was rooting for the Yankees. You know, I I hope I want you to know that I was pulling for them. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, like I mean, all things. I just wanted to jump in and at least add that two cents. It's outside of you know that, I really probably don't have much. But I can talk as a fan of sports, and that was a hell of a game fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely was. And I, I'm I'm going to say this, and then I actually have a question for Eric. And then we can move on to other sports because we have a lot to talk about tonight. But, I mean, I'll say this. Yankees have a great bullpen. That's that's no question. Eric, you mentioned it. I think what's wonderful, and we kind of talked about this last week, what's wonderful about this World Series matchup is that in spite of the fact that baseball is moving to bullpens having such a large role in the game, there is still a place for your workhorse starting pitcher that can go seven innings in a game. And you're seeing it with Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer tonight. And, of course, Justin Verlander and Steven Strasburg are on tomorrow. Then you got Patrick Corbin and Annabelle Sanchez for the Nationals. And you have uh, Zach Greinke for the Astros. You still need reliable starting pitching in this game. And that's not to take anything away from what the Yankees have in Tanaka, in Paxton. 
They need one more starter. And I know last week when I said uh, that the Yankees should go after Garrett Cole, you guys had mentioned uh, that they haven't really been inclined to make the big expenditures the last couple seasons. And you're right, they have. They made a point to get under the salary cap, and in my opinion, this is why you get under that luxury tax cap, to make that one big move to use free agency, what it is meant for, and that is to supplement what you have in your core. Yankees got a great core. They need that one piece that is going to put them over the top, and whether it's Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, if he opts out, or Madison Bumgarner, who's going to be a free agent, I definitely think you're going to see the Yankees get that one starting pitcher. Because one thing I did not know, uh, a stat that I heard this week, there's only one team in baseball history who made the playoffs with their bullpen pitching over 50% of the postseason innings, and it was the San Diego Padres in 1984. You look at what the Astros were, and as much as they won another bullpen game, the Astros had five starting pitcher starts. Four of them went over six innings. The Yankees, as opposed to that, only had two starting pitchers make it through six innings. And to me, that's one. That was one of the big differences in the season, in the series. As much as the Yankees did not get the timely hitting, um, the bullpens can only do so much. And the more you use them, the more looks the other team gets of them, the less effective they can be. And in my opinion, I wouldn't have started Green in game in game six. I wouldn't have started him out. You're going to think this is crazy, Eric. I actually would have started Ottavino out. Because in my opinion, he had been the worst out of your bullpen. Get him out of the way early and let Green come in because I think it would have been easier to play catch-up early as opposed to him coming in and blowing a lead late. That was my opinion, but it wound up being a moot point anyway. Um, This is also where, if I can make a quick point. Go ahead. I think this is also where having a yes-man analytic guy as your coach isn't the right way to go because I think he made a lot of – managerial mistakes at the end of the season here in the postseason. I think he made a lot of mistakes, with the, whether it was with the bullpen or, or with the lineup. I think he jumbled the lineup too much late. They just couldn't get the continuity they needed. I just am not a fan of why they kept Stanton just sitting on the bench instead of bringing somebody else in who could have ignited him or started a spark. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just I don't understand it. So that's well, I'll say, I'll say. I'm just. I, I think that that's a downfall to having uh, Eric. Have, Eric, have, you realize you just made my cousin's night right now because my cousin, if my cousin gets anything else out of this, he is using this loss on his one man crusade to get Aaron Boone fired. So you just kind of. You, I'm telling you. I think it's a learning curve. I think it's. I think he has to gain the experience. Mm-hmm. Have the experience as a manager. He has it as a player. He's played in big games as a player. He's won World Series. He is. A, he, he was a player, but he's got to learn how to be that coach now. He's got to learn how to be that mm. manager, and that's what I think is is happening right now. Where this is year three of the learning curve. We've now made uh, for him. It's year two, actually. Year two, but still, yeah. He, he made an ALCS in year two. We'll see what year three and year four bring. But they have issues to address, and, you know, he's mm-hmm. one of those issues. So we'll see what happens. Well, I'll tell you this. I personally think Aaron Boone is going to win the American League Manager of the Year this year because, uh, yeah, you could say he made some mistakes in the postseason, but I don't think 
that he did too much different than what any other manager would have done. Like, you could second-guess any manager's use of a bullpen or a lineup in hindsight. I don't really think he did anything that cost the team the game. And I look at what he did this season with such a reduced lineup um, with half the team hurt and the fact that he was able to kind of keep everything together. In my opinion, he came into his own as a, uh, a manager this season. And, yes, he does still have a lot to learn. Of course, my cousin won't let go of the fact that he took Jad Green out of game two and put in out of, uh, out of Vino. That was, that, that, that's his big sticking point. Eric, I know you weren't as mad about that last week as he was, but, you know, I think I saw a lot of things from Boone that I think he's going to be all right. Obviously, he does still have more to learn, but I think everybody's going to come out of this better for it. And I'm sorry, the idea of a Yankee uh, World Series win, as a, as a Met fan who always expects the worst and hope for the best, I'm sorry, it's inevitable at this point. It, it's going to happen. It just, it's just a matter of when, in my opinion. But let me ask you something, Eric, and Dave, I'll get your opinion on this, too. So we found out over the last week that while we know that this past season MLB juiced the ball to get more home runs and to get more ratings, apparently at the beginning of the playoffs, they introduced a deader ball right in the middle without really telling anybody. It's a ball that has been tested to give less exit velocity than the ones that we're using in season. And I'm going to say my opinion right off the bat. My opinion is I didn't like the fact that you juiced the ball in the first place, but if you used it for the regular season, why are you messing it with it in the most important time of the baseball season? What you did to start the season, you have to stick with that. And you could change it whatever you want the next season. But to go with one ball the entire season and then change it right in the playoffs without telling anybody, that's horrible. That's akin to fixing the games in your own right. And I don't like the fact that they did that. But, Eric, I want to hear your opinion. Then, Dave, I'll get yours. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I don't think you got to use whatever you use during the season. You can't change it come postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they, it wasn't that they changed anything so much with the balls as I think they did with the laces as they made the ball more. Right, smooth, right, right. Which gave it, you know, a better exit velocity because there was less drag. So I think they might've done something to tweak the stitching or do something for the playoffs. But I do, I agree. I think it's the wrong move. You introduce the next season. And this season was this season, but I, I don't understand the move. And I think it actually did cost the Yankees in the postseason because, um, I mean, uh, what's his name? Didi hit that one shot in the, uh, I forget which game it was. Maybe your cousin David can help me. It's either three or four. It's either three or four. Going over. I mean, it was at the wall that the ball was caught. If that ball goes over, the Yankees win that game, and it's a different series. So. It's, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't agree with changing it. I don't think it's right, but there's really nothing we can do about it now because the game's mm. already played. And regardless of whether they change it or not in season, everybody's still using the same ball during the game. So the Astros had the same disadvantage that the Yankees had when it came to exit velocity and hitting home runs and doing whatever else. And listen, even if that ball that was de-juiced or whatever, fucking it didn't stop Altuve from jacking one out of the park in the bottom <laughs> of the ninth. So I, I can't cry foul too much because we all use the same ball, but I will say I do think it was a little bit of a shady move on the MLB's part to change it in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Eric, uh, Dave? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's really something where it was to, you know, detriment or hurt another team or a specific team or something like that. But outside of that, yeah, there's nothing you guys have said that I disagree with. I mean, when it's all said and done, you let you play the same way that you play in the regular season to the entire season. Like, to me, that'd be like the NFL deciding to do away with the ability to challenge pass interference calls you know, when they hit the playoffs, like that would just be stupid to me. Like if that's the same like kind of concept. I well, mean, I mean, Brady and Belichick yeah. do change the balls. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we, we've, we've, we've heard about that. That's for sure. But like, I mean, and still, even if you think about what I'm saying, that, that ability to do that still doesn't, like if they did that in the NFL, that still wouldn't impact the game the same way changing the actual baseball you use impacts the game. So, mm. I mean, when it's really, like, all said and done, that's not even, like, the greatest example. I was just trying to think of something outside of baseball. But, like, it's just one of those things where you can't – consistency is key. You want to change things year in and year out and make adjustments, that's fine. Do what you got to do. But you, to do it in the middle of the season or at the beginning of the playoffs or at some point of the playoffs – I, that's just I, – to me, there's not no logical reasoning to make that decision either way. So I'm kind of surprised that they would even do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you an example because the first thing I thought of when I heard this was a couple years ago it was when the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl and we found out after the Super Bowl that the NFL had changed the rules on what qualifies as a catch before the playoffs and didn't really tell anybody about it. You guys remember that, right? Well, yeah, the Eagles had two different touchdowns that if they called it the same way during the regular season, I don't think they would have actually gotten. Right, right. I know there was the one that was caught by the running back on the tail end of the end zone. Like, he didn't keep Mm – like, the way they were calling it, that to me would not have been called a touchdown during the regular season. Well, who was the one guy? Was it Juju Smith-Schuster that they were comparing it to? He He had a play like that. And he got it called uh, – he got the catch reversed or whatever it was. They were comparing it to that, if I'm not mistaken, right? And then there was another one the Eagles did that wouldn't have been a catch in the regular season. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Dave, do you, uh, Eric, do you have any final thoughts on this? And then we're going to move on because, again, we got basketball kicking off tonight. Oh, we got I'm good football. to move on. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it sweaty. Let's do it. All right. Basketball starting tonight. No Zion Williamson for the Pelicans, and no Paul George for the Clippers tonight. Um, I know we haven't really talked about basketball since free agency got into full swing, but I know we're all looking forward to this season just to see the parity back in the league and the fact that there is no clear favorite because you don't have the juggernaut that is the Warriors right now. Tell me, what what teams are you guys looking forward to seeing the most this season? And, Dave, I'll start with you on this one. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'll start with uh, being a, a fan favorite and say that I'm excited to see what Chicago is able to do. I don't think they're, you know, NBA championship competitive, but I think they're a team that in the Eastern Conference, you know, could win 38, 42 games, you know, somewhere in that window and push for one of those lower playoff seeds. Um, you know, obviously they're out in the first round, and I'll, I can accept that. But I'm excited to see Kobe White, the point guard out of North Carolina with Zach Levine and uh, marketing back and healthy and playing. So, you know, there's, they got some young kids on that team I'm excited to watch. 
Um, outside of that, I mean, I'm really disappointed with the Zion Williamson injury. I was pretty excited to watch him play because he looked like a monster in the preseason. Uh, I think if you're a Knicks fan, you got to be excited for uh, – oh, man, help me with who they draft. Barrett? R.J. Barrett? R.J. Barrett, thank you. Like, if you're a Knicks fan, like, yeah, you might not win a lot of games, but my biggest thing I'd be watching is how that kid progresses throughout the year and, you know, does he pass that eye test for somebody that deserved the top five draft pick. Um, so, like, I think, you know, that's something that you can be excited about. The the two L.A. teams, what Golden State looks like, because Clay Thompson might not play for the whole season from what we heard today, um, you know, what the uh, Nets look like even without Durant and having Kyrie there now and can Kyrie actually lead a team or is he really just somebody that needs somebody else? Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for the season as a whole. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Eric, what do you got? Prediction. Bold prediction. Go ahead. Knicks are an Eastern Conference playoff team this season. You know, I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit here because I did say I thought there was a chance that could happen uh, when free agency was happening. I don't think that's a crazy idea. Uh, I am a little worried about the fact that, you know, coming out of the uh, preseason, it seems like no one's real confident in their backcourt in terms of guys who have the ability to shoot the ball. I think Barrett, I like what Dave said about Barrett. I definitely think he he's going to have a pretty good year. It'll be very interesting to see him. You guys know I'm a Julius Randle fan, so I'm looking forward to seeing what the two of them could do. I think somebody's got to step up in terms of uh, Dennis Smith, uh, Tila Kena, Elford Payton. One of those guys have to establish themselves in the backcourt for them to be able to do it. And it would be nice if uh, some of their shooting guards can wind up taking a step forward, whether it's Alonzo Trier, maybe a couple of the free agents they brought in, but they definitely have a shot. So I can give you that. What else you got, Eric? Uh, As far as the basketball goes, I mean, I honestly think this could be one of Steph Curry's make-or-break seasons. I don't know if you guys heard Jordan's comments about him not being a Hall of Famer. I completely don't agree with Jordan. I think he's a Hall of Famer right now, even if his career ends. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be an interesting year for Curry now without Durant, without Clay Thompson. It's really just going to be him and Green. It's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year there in Golden State, and I bet you they still compete there out west um, and hope that they get Clay back late in the year. Uh, I. Other than that, I mean, the West is really where all the action is. You have Houston, you have the Lakers, you have the Clippers, you have, I mean, the East really is like, eh, like, I want to see what the Knicks do, but, like, Milwaukee is probably going to win, Toronto will probably be pretty good, and, like, uh, the rest is probably, you know, and then you got the Celtics, who are probably going to compete as well. Don't forget the 76ers there. Yeah, but none of those teams would be top teams out west, and that's the point, and that's the problem that I have with the NBA. I still feel like it's so top heavy and it's so west heavy that it's going to be hard for any of these teams in the East, that regardless of how good a season they have, are really going to compete for a title. I just don't see it when all is said and done at the end of the season. Well, I'll say this to go to go back to your initial point. Uh, 
Steph Curry is obviously a Hall of Famer if his career ends today, but I don't look at him as an all-time great. And I think this season can go a long way towards trying to change that narrative. Uh, to go I'll to be, your I'll point, be honest, there. he's the best shooter, shooter I've ever seen. I mean, when oh, it yeah. comes to shooting the basketball, he's the greatest I've had a chance to watch. I mean, I and that, that you know, I I don't know. There's somebody to say that he isn't the greatest shooter, pure shooter of all time. I'm not saying greatest player, but I mean, pure shooter. I don't know if there's anybody better. Well, it's like the argument that they used to make for Carmelo Anthony. Is he a real superstar or is he just a great scorer? Steph Curry, you're right. One of the great, if not the greatest shooter that's ever graced the game. Is he an all-time great, though? Let's see what he's able to do this season with no Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. It'll be it will make or break year on his career. It'll be interesting to see how D'Angelo Russell gels with him, though. It'll be very interesting to see that. Um, and I'll let Dave back in here in a second, but I'll say this: you talk about the West. I want to see how this Chris Paul James Harden remarriage is going to work out in Houston because, to me, that's one of the big storylines in the West. You know, we talk about the dynamic duos rather than the super teams this year. Uh, I definitely think these two are going to wind up gelling, but it'll be interesting to see how far they're able to take it when they get uh, to the playoffs. So that, that's one of the things I'll be looking forward to. Dave, what do you say? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably one of the few times in my life, but I don't agree with Michael Jordan. I do think Steph Curry is a Hall of Famer, but I also do think that this year will have a major impact on how people view him in the overall um, world of the NBA and the history and the future, like, you know, where people really decide they're going to put him. So um, definitely a big, big uh, season for him. I mean, Westbrook and Harden uh, in Houston is going to be – it's going to be interesting. I'm I am curious to see if they get like I was thinking like just talking about them quick over under five or five games where they both get a triple double. Hmm. That's a good question. No I mean, way. That's, easy. That's over five. That's over five. Well over five. I'm, I, w- I would almost set it at ten. Yeah, you think that high, huh? I I'm going over five. I don't. I think that they the two of them. They're just that's what they do, and they're just gonna oh, I'll feed it to you. You feed it to me. Everybody feeds everybody, and we all score. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I just I, I can't see a night where they're not all scoring. They're not all passing the ball. They're not both passing the ball and both rebounding. Like that's that's what these two players do. Or assisting, you know what I mean? Like they get, they they do it all. So I mean, I it's just I, I'm going over five. If you're putting the over under a five. I'm saying over. <sighs> I don't I don't know. I have I, never heard of two teammates getting triple doubles in the same game before. Well, I get Eric's point on. I I don't know. I'm I'm going to say under five. I'm going to say under. Yes, that yeah. seems you'll so see a rare. You'll have Westbrook. Where you'll have Westbrook go 12 points, 10 assists, and 15 boards, while Harden goes for 35 with 12 assists and 10 boards. You don't think you're going to see that game more than once? I think you'll. I think you might see a couple of them. I don't know about over five though. I'm not disputing that you'll see a couple of them, but that's a really rare thing to have two teammates so doing it in the you same. Taking the under? Yeah, no, I'm taking the under. Yeah, I'm taking the over. I put it at five because I was thinking maybe seven at most. 
So mm. I was, I was, that's why I was thinking five. Eric throwing out ten. That that might force me to take the under, but I, I could I maybe push on that one. But yeah, I just that's something that I think is an interesting thought. Like, because I, I can't think in my entire lifetime if I've ever seen two teammates get a triple double. I'm sure I have. Like whether it was Jordan and Pippen or Kobe and Shaq or uh, LeBron and D Wade. Like I mean, I am pretty sure it's happened. I just really think that they have the potential to do something either really special or extremely disastrous. Like, I feel like that's really the options you're looking at in Houston with the two of them on the same, on the court at the same time together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I think three, I'm going to say three on that one, but I'll, I'll ask you guys one question and then I want to try to do uh, predictions here. Um, do we think Carmelo Anthony signs with an NBA team this season? Yes. Yes? No. No? no? I don't think – she's not going to come back and play for, for anybody, just anybody just to get on a roster. And, I mean, a, a, an up-and-coming team isn't going to want to sign him. The contending teams would have done it already if they were going to do it. He was left off of Team USA – uh, and then I just read a report too that there was actually like a kind of a player's memo almost that went out that was, you know, pretty much <laughs> saying if Carmelo calls, don't answer. So I oh no I kidding. That, I just think that it's it's Carmelo's time. He's got to know it. They there's no room in this NBA for his kind of isolation game right now. Um, in my opinion, I just think that he would eat the ball rather than feed it, and he's not really up tempo because he likes to play that ISO. Well, I just, I don't know. I don't see a spot landing spot. If it didn't happen last year for him in the playoff push teams were trying to make and everything else, why would it happen this season? So I'm going to say no. I think Melo's career is done. Dave, who do you think he signs with? I mean, to me, I, I think. Uh... If, like, for example, if you notice, like, maybe Golden State's struggling with, uh, you know, their outside shooting, that you might, you know, see that. I, I could see, you know, one of, like, I don't know. I could see maybe, like, a, I don't know. Like, I just, I just, I don't think he's done. I still think he has something to offer. I think he just has to accept the fact that he is not the lead dog. He's a 15, you know, 18-minute-a-game guy and go out there and get me some buckets and some rebounds. Yeah. I think if he signs with any team, it's going to be the Nets. I think he signs with the Nets. I know, I, I guess, they had tried him out earlier in the offseason. No Durant. Good, uh, young and upcoming core there. You got Irving there. That's where I could see him landing if he lands with anyone. I don't think a team like the Lakers or someone like that is going to wind up taking the chance with them. They already have a potential time bomb in Dwight Howard, so I just don't think they're going to take a second one. But let's give a shout-out to Eric Pfeiffer in the chat room right now. Fife is here. Thanks for coming out, up, man. Five. Yep. All right. Um, NBA Finals predictions. Don't need to go through the whole playoffs. Who's making the NBA Finals? Dave, I'll start with you. Ooh, NBA Finals. Give me, give me the Clippers and and the Bucks. 
with the Clippers taking it. Okay. Eric? I'm going to go with the Bucks and I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm just going to get crazy because I think it'd be fun. Give me Harden and Westbrook from uh, Houston. Ooh. Interesting. All right. I want to see the Bucks make the finals, but because uh, we all know I'm a big fan of Giannis. Um, I don't know. I feel like anytime they're favored to win, they wind up losing those. So I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say it's going to be the 76ers and the Clippers. And in that scenario, I will actually pick Philadelphia. I like what Philadelphia is putting together. I think it's all about whether or not Simmons and Embiid can take that next step forward. But I like the additions of Josh Richardson and Al Horford to that core. Uh, I think they got a good I think I want whatever you're smoking because it's, it's got to be good if you're thinking the 76ers are winning the title. Hey, why not? Why not? They are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And you look at what the Clippers got. I don't know. George going down for the first couple of weeks of the season, it makes me a little nervous. It just makes me a hey, little Mike, nervous. Mike, Mike, not to cut you off, but really quick, gentlemen, can we just point one thing out? Mm-hmm. In all of the years the three of us have worked together, this is the first time we've done an NBA Finals preview where we didn't name the Warriors or a team that LeBron That's plays a good on. Point. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there. We're talking about being excited for the parody, and I think if there's anything that proves that more than anything else, it would literally be that fact. Ch-ch-ch-ch-change it, turn and face the strange ch-ch-changes. All right. We'll move on from that. Sorry to kill the show with my singing, but I didn't think that was that bad. Anyway, You're good, Mike. You're good. Thank you. Thank you. Let's look at the NFL. Let's go to the NFL. I want to start with last night's game. What did you guys think about ESPN airing the audio of Sam Darnold saying, I think I'm seeing ghosts or whatever he said? Because that's been a little bit of a hot topic tonight or today. I mean, look, I'll say this. I, I don't think it's something they should have did, but it's not something that, like, as a fan, even if I was a Jets fan, I think I'd be overly pissed off about, you know, defense. You know, they're going to say, oh, well, now defenses are going to try and get on them about that. But I don't like, you know, dude's a professional. He makes millions of dollars a year. I Like, if you can't handle it, you shouldn't be in the league anyway. So, all in all, probably shouldn't have said it or let it be aired, but they did, and I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think what's worse is that the Cowboys lost to that team, and that's just freaking embarrassing. Yeah, but I'll, I'll say this. I, I listened to Joe and Evan on the fan talking about it, and they have a very good point. Why can't the NFL let the Jets suck in their own privacy and obscurity like the Bengals? and the Dolphins do. Why does everything the Jets that's do? that's not the world we live in. That's yeah. We live in a camera, mic'd up, everything is recorded at every second of the day. That's what it is. That's but here's the, the, so here's the thing. So seeing Ghost coming, he shouldn't be embarrassed about it. Own it. Realize he does. I heard him afterwards saying that he realizes that he's got to get better. He's got to start seeing things more on the field, blah, blah, blah. That's the type of stuff he's got to do. Don't get embarrassed by what you said on the sideline. Listen, if you're embarrassed to have it heard in public, you shouldn't have said it to your teammates to begin with. So I don't think it's that big a deal. I just think that this is the world we live in, and to get mad at the media for miking him up and playing the comment, I think it's bullshit. You knew he was wearing a mic. 
They're going to catch everything you say, and regardless of what they decide to put on or not, I'll be honest, that's the shit I want to hear. I don't want them hiding that shit. That's the shit I want to hear. I think that's what's going on. That's what I want, you know. I I think it's a valid point. I think it's a valid point to say that if it was a more experienced uh, NFL player, they probably would have cut that out of respect to him. But because it's a second-year player and because everybody loves to pick on the Jets, they probably let that slide. I think that's a valid point. But I don't necessarily disagree with what you guys are saying. So anything else? We only got about six minutes left here. So real quick, minute thoughts on the week that was in the NFL. Dave, go back to you. I mean, look, I I, I want to brag and be all hyped about the Dallas win over Philly, but honestly, Philly looks like they have a lot of underlying problems going on on that team right now that needs to be figured out. And to me, if you when the season's said and done, there's a chance that's one of the wins where people say Dallas just beat a bad team. So I'm not, I can't get all hyped about, about that. Um, dude that stepped in for the Cardinals, man, he looked good, but we know the Giants' defense, so I can't overhype that either. Buffalo keeps rolling, even though they beat Miami. They keep rolling. Hold on, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but I know we're short on time. Did you guys hear about Matthew Barry getting pissed off though? No. Apparently, apparently he got super pissed and started screaming and ranting about the Arizona Cardinals because apparently, because he's some NFL insider, he started David Johnson on his team because the team said that he was suiting up to play. Oh, and then he played three plays, and Chase Edmonds got in and went crazy, and Matthew Berry went – because then apparently the Arizona Cardinals trolled him on Twitter and said you should have started Edmonds or something because he had both on his roster, and he <laughs> went off. He went off, <laughs> you know, pretty much like, you know. That, but, again, that's the Cardinals don't have to tell you what they're doing, Matthew Berry. That's – that's like us. None of us knew what was going to happen. I'm sure there were millions of people out there that started David Johnson just like you. They didn't go on and scream and yell and get mad at the Arizona Cardinals over it just because you think you have the inside information. You think you're good at this shit. But listen, this time you got burnt. Own it. Stop being a little bitch. <laughs> I like Matt Barry, but I, I do have to agree with you. I would love to hear that rant. I now have to look that up when we get off the air. I want to. I want to see that. So wow. Okay, yeah, that with would be it. quite entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's make some picks real quick. I did correct the math on my standings after this past week. I got a thirteen and eight record. Eric, you are ten and eleven on the season. Dave, you are eleven and seven on the season season and Dave right, we three- do last week though because I feel like I had a good week last week you did have a good week last week you actually Eric is now 11 and 10 on the season he went 3 and 0 last week because he got Dallas Baltimore and Green Bay Dave went 2 and 1 last week and I went 1 and 2 so there you go. And if anybody wonders why Dave is three games less than us, it's because he missed that one week that he was out. He never texted me back with his picks. So, okay, let's do our three games uh, for this week, and we only got about three minutes left here. Let's start Green Bay and Kansas City this week. Who you guys got? Dave, will go with Green. you. Green Bay. Green Bay. Green Bay. Green Bay's playing very good right now. Rodgers got the five touchdowns. Don't know what's yeah, up Mahomes with Mahomes. Out. It's not even a game. Yeah, I'll go, with, I'll go with Green Bay on that one, too. Uh, game number two, you know, so let's stick with Arizona here. They're riding high. Arizona going into New Orleans to take on the Saints. 
Eric, we'll start with you. Who you got? The Saints are going to go marching right over them. I mean, Kyle Murray ain't ready for, ready for them, even if it's still Teddy Bridgewater. The, the Saints are rolling right now. Give me the Saints all day. Okay. Dave. Yeah, I'm not I'm not very high right now on uh, the Cardinals. So, yeah, give me the Saints, and I, I'd probably take them by at least three scores. All right, and I'll take New Orleans on that one too. And then the third game, just because we're doing this real quick, Cleveland going into New England to take on the Patriots. Dave, who you got? New England. New England. Eric, do I need to ask? Yeah, we're going New England. All right. I'm going to shock him. No, I'm not. I'm going, I'm going with New England, too. All right, so that's going to be our picks for this week. But a little less than two minutes left. Guys, thank you, everybody, for coming out tonight. To my cousin David, to Eric Pfeiffer, to being here. And as always, thank you both for Shout being out here. Shout Fife's, uh, to Fife's uh, Facebook Live show. You want Absolutely. Some, you want some sit stardom fantasy-wise? Probably better at fantasy than we are. No doubt. Find them on Facebook. Yeah, I picked Le'Veon Bell with my first pick because I had the number eight pick. So I'm definitely going to say Fife's better at it than I am. Um, but And let's also give a shout-out to the fact that we are on Apple Podcasts now. After a couple months of working with Anchor, yeah. they got us on an Apple Podcast. I was very happy to hear that. Congratulations, Mike. Thank you very much, sir. Round uh, of applause. Hey, listen, I'm just happy I could do it. It took three years to get the process moving, so, you know, something better late than never on that one. But let's get some final thoughts here real quick. we got less than a minute left. Dave Hastings. Manuel Sanders traded to the 49ers. Uh, Quandre Diggs gets traded from the Lions to the Seahawks. He's the safety. They're the strong safety. Uh, NFL trades are actually picking up. I think that's kind of crazy to hear. Um, and Mohamed Sanu to the Patriots. And Sanu to the Patriots, yeah. Like, it's it's going to be an interesting last week until the trade deadline. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah, no, always a pleasure being here. And as Eric likes to say, and I think it's becoming the theme of our show, stay sweaty. Stay sweaty. Tribute to the late John Schnepp. Yes, that's right. Eric Tressler, final thoughts. Uh, Real quick. College football. And until next week, stay sweaty. All right. Thank you once again to everybody. Thank you to Eric and Dave. I am Mike Aglia Loro, and we will see you all next week.